Well, my understanding of the gospel is very simple um, in the sense that it's just the good news is that you're loved. And that the good news right now is that no matter what you've done in the past, uh, no matter what you do, you are unconditionally loved and accepted by God. And that you belong to God. Um, I think questions are really important, um, especially when it comes to religion. Um, I think if you just speak to an average person on the street that goes to church or whatever, uh, they have a lot of questions. Um, and many times, I guess, depending on the situation, they're just kind of afraid to ask because they might even think it's wrong to ask questions. They're like, who am I to question God or who am I to question my pastor or um, a priest or whatever. But I think there can be a danger when you don't ask questions. And I think that's why there can be something called indoctrination because you just accept everything that you believe. And if you do that, <laughs> you could do a bunch of lot of stupid crap. And I just think it's not healthy. But it, it's a beautiful thing to see that, you know, you could just be honest with yourself and realize that, hey, you know, the person preaching at the pulpit could possibly have some good things to say, but they could possibly be wrong. And so for me, I just think it's, I just want to encourage people to say that it's actually okay to have your questions and to be an honest person and, uh, because we all have them. And I think even the person at the pulpit who's preaching, acting like they know everything, they have a bunch of questions, but they're just not telling you, <laughs> you know. So, um, so that's my thoughts on that. It's just very important, especially because for your own journey, it's part of your your the way you evolve as a human being is that you, you learn by asking questions and that's how you grow. You know, so that's my, my encouragement for people. Ask questions. Uh, don't be a jerk about it, uh, but be honest with yourself. So. Uh, for religion in general, I think um, fear is a big part. Um, I think in at least some of the major religions, you know, you, you see that. And for myself growing up as a Christian, I, I experienced that my whole life. So I kind of had this like schizophrenic God that I believed in, where I was taught God loves me, which is nice. Uh, but if I don't do live a certain way or believe a certain doctrine, um, I'm going to burn in hell for all eternity. Or, or even if I was saved, quote unquote, um, and God does love me when I screw up, um, I was fearful that God was going to punish me somehow, like I would get into a car accident or something, or, or God would even give a person a disease to teach him a lesson. And so I lived in fear most of my life, to be honest, and I think religion has done that, you know, where for like a little simple thing, like, like, like say for instance, tithing. Um, tithe to the church, and if you don't tithe, God's not going to bless you financially, you're going to suffer, you know, etc. So I think fear has a big role, um, like I've shared this story, uh, just speaking somewhere last night, where just waking up one day as a kid and I go to that, my parents' room and no one was, I didn't see my parents in their bedroom and then I go to my sister's room, they were there. I search around the house, totally empty, and I thought I was left behind, you know, just like the movie that came out. And I was, it scared the hell into me. And I really thought I was going to hell and I just feel like, um, it's just a horrible thing to be preaching that kind of message and I feel like if you want to be consistent with this message that God loves you, you got to stay consistent that it's all about love because if there's true love, there's no fear in there. And, um, and I'm not talking about the healthy fear of fearing God and whatever that means, but I'm talking about the, fair, the, you know, the type of fear that is just, um, it's, there's a very unhealthy version of that where you, psychologically it messes you up, where you have no stability, you have no security in your mind that you're going to be okay, you know, and I just think we, need, we just need to stop 
with all of that fear stuff and getting people to do stuff without using love as a motivation but I mean without using fear as a motivation but using love instead and I think that's a huge problem that I've seen in the church today in, in other religions other than Christianity so yeah let go of that <laughs> I think people have had enough of it and like a girl that was speaking to me last night that heard me speak her granddaughter was even talking about how she messed up and she's a little girl and, and then all of a sudden she automatically thought she's going to hell I'm like how it's just horrible and um, I'm, I'm just so glad that I've, I've reached a place in my life where I don't believe God is like that, where God's just going to threaten me the moment I, I make a mistake like that. I know there are consequences, um, but I don't believe that God is the one that, that I should be afraid of in that sense. You know, so let it all be about love. Yeah, so uh, somebody asked me this last night after my engagement and, and I want to make a distinction because there is a difference with my understanding between what's called the church that I've read in the Bible and what's called the institutional church and so um, I'm all for the church with which I believe is actually people which is us it's a relationship so I'm not even talking about I am the church because I don't think church is about being solo I think church is about people it's a it's a community somehow it's built on relationships so uh, but when it comes to the institutional church, um, I've written about this subject, and it, just like everything, there's, there's good and bad. You know, so I'm not here to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, when it comes to the institutional church, you know, you could have relationships there that are built. You could have friends, um, you know, community. They offer activities there. If you're, if you're into singing, you got it. You have like a little concert that you could have <laughs> called Praise and Worship. Um, where you could kind of engage with, with your understanding of God. Um, so there's a lot of pluses. Um, some of the weaknesses is that I've seen that there, there, there can be a lot of control, where there's this top-down type of authority where you can't even question the authority of the pastor, etc., like what I was mentioning in my, the other question about the importance of questioning. So um, I can see the good and the bad. Um, that's why I don't throw it out. It's not meant for everybody. Um, but I do think that ultimately... What really matters, whether you're in an institutional church or not, is that you have relationships. And, and my experience growing up in institutional church, I've had both kinds of experiences where I had real friendships at times, but many times I've had very shallow and superficial relationships that it was all based upon my leadership because we're chilling because I'm part of the staff. <laughs> but then when I'm not part of the staff, we're no longer friends anymore. Or when I start questioning one of the doctrines, um, we're buddy-buddy inside of the institutional church, but once I start questioning, they start distancing themselves. Uh, they won't even eat with me or whatever, <laughs> which is silly, you know, just can't even have a meal, <laughs> you know. So, um, so like I said, it, it, it works both ways because people can even leave the institutional church and just go solo, and I just don't recommend that because I don't think you were meant to live that way. And, and people could become very rebellious and, like I said, just throw everything out. Um, you, you take it for what it has, like, like my wife and I, I don't, we don't have any regrets of, of being an institutional church, but we reached a place in our life where it started not to work for us uh, because I get bored, <laughs> honestly. So when I was a kid, I enjoyed it. You know, some of the songs were fun, um, but I'm not also the type to always go along with the flow. You know, I, I, I noticed a lot of uniformity. You always had to agree with people um, because you want to fit in. And I get that because we all have that peer pressure in high school and everything, you know, um, and people bring it into the church and um, they tell you what to believe and how to believe. And, and sometimes many 
other times the leaders in the church are thinking for you and they're not allowing you to think for yourself and, and I wish churches were not as dogmatic in the pulpit uh, but but have a community where you could just have discussions and that's what I would and just being open to allow you to grow at your own pace so to speak you know so but ultimately church for me is just simple relationships uh, built in rooted in love in my understanding so So for those who are struggling with their faith, um, I would tell you it's okay because you're not alone. And um, I was speaking with some people last night after a meeting. These people are Christians and they're struggling with what they believe as well. And they have their doubts. And I said, hey, you're not alone. You're just the only one speaking up right now. And if I could gather another person and get them alone one-on-one, -on -one, they'll probably say the same thing as you. And so I think those people who are struggling with, with doubts or questions are in a good place because you're actually at a point where you're, you're being honest with yourself now and you're learning to think for yourself that even if you're doubting the existence of God, fine because that's where you're at, you know so whether you believe in it or not um, you got to figure out now what will you believe that will make you a better person and help make this world a better place you know, so it's, for me that's my issue you know, that it, for those who are struggling um, I don't encourage people just doubt and then be, be a jerk to people and be upset, but, but it's okay to struggle, it's okay to wrestle. I think it's a part of growth. And I think those who struggle, I think will have, in a sense, a deeper faith because I think it'll be a more of a mature kind because they're not just being spoon-fed all the time now. But now they can think for themselves. Just like those who have, quote-unquote, left the institutional church, uh, you don't have someone telling you exactly this is how you should think and live your life. Now you're starting to think for yourself now and maybe you might end up not even agreeing with a lot of the things that you were taught in the first place. But my understanding is that even if you were struggling, you're still loved by the God that I believe in and that you're still accepted. And the, the beauty of it all is that you still have that security because even with my own struggles, with my own faith of asking, I love to ask a lot of questions and I would question some of the most fundamental things that I was taught, but one thing that would never change that kept me going was my, my my belief that I was okay, that I was loved by God, that, that no matter what, no matter how stinking confused I can get, God loves me. Because who wants to have a life where you don't have struggle? You're going to become a very shallow person. <laughs> you won't understand and you won't be able to relate to people who are going through crap. And so even, you know, what I was sharing yesterday in my engagement last night, I was sharing some of my struggles because I want people to know that just because I'm a speaker, I have issues just like you. I'm just speaking because I, I studied some issues <laughs> that I could help explain some things if, if people are confused. But, but we all struggle. Even though there's this darkness that you can experience in your mind, the beauty of it all is that that struggle, that, that pain is going to pass somehow, sometime. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I believe it will. And um, so yeah, so for those of you who, who are struggling, you're okay, and you're going to be okay. You're not even just going to be okay. You are okay. You are in a good place. Keep asking questions. Keep growing. Keep being stretched. Keep wrestling with God, quote-unquote. And uh, you're still loved, nonetheless. Um, I don't know what the biggest one, but I know a big one would be uh, just this whole us versus them mentality. Um, and I think this whole idea of certainty comes in where 
I mean, you see this among many religions, not just Christianity, but fundamentalism um, in every religion where it's, it's all about we have the right view and everybody else has it wrong. And it's so interesting because uh, even as Christians, um, they're all reading from the same stinking book and you have 30,000 plus denominations and sects. And it's just so interesting because they're all claiming to have the truth. And they're all claiming to say God is the one speaking to them or they have the right interpretation of the Bible because when they read the Bible, the Holy Spirit is guiding them. <laughs> but then all of them are saying it. And so we're all being divisive. And so I think part of it is this whole certainty thing where they think that they figured it all out and they don't have an open mind to be able to uh, be open and consider other people's opinions. So I think, I think that's a huge thing is this whole us versus them. We're in, you're out, we're saved, you're not you know, we're going to heaven, you're not. Um, that just turns everybody off. I mean, uh, even those who are in the progressive stream, they, they, they see that mentality of just whole, the whole idea of this whole us versus them thing. And I think we just got to get rid of that. It just it looks stupid to everybody, um, to a lot of us. And um, you're not going to have any unity with that kind of mentality when you're thinking you figured it all out. And that's the thing, I, I, I'm, I'm encouraging people, it's okay to be uncertain and to embrace you know, the mystery that we don't understand all, a lot of these things and to accept people at, in the process, you know, the process of wherever they're at. And having discussion. Um, I think people are too afraid to do that. You know, you, a lot of times we usually stay within our denomination because we have a certain statement of faith. Uh, break out of that. Uh, start, start even reading books um, that are not even from your religion and start building relationships, for goodness sake, because you're in a big stinking world with, with so many people. Um, why, why box yourself in just a subculture where you're, you're limited by a particular worldview when there's so many worldviews out there and you can see how beautiful this world is for someone who thinks differently than you, you know, which brings the whole diversity into play. You know? So I'm not saying unity is all about uniformity where we agree with everything. But it's about accepting the person that, that there's a possibility that another person's opposing view might be actually valid, you know. And let love be the actual bond that glues your relationship together rather than doctrine. And I think that's where the church has made a mistake because whether they acknowledge it or not, they'll, they'll claim that it's all about relationship with Jesus. But when you listen to what people say, it's not. It's based upon a doctrine because it's all based upon about if you believe and think like I do, we're okay. You know, but then that's not based on relationship then. Because then that's going to look very weird that all of your friends are going to think exactly like you. And what kind of world would that be? You know, so I think it's healthy to have these conversations and discussions to, uh, to just continue to grow together. You know, and I think that, that will bring unity in a sense to just have this open mind. Um, that we loved, and that they and that they see that we love each other. Um, to me, that's it. You know, like 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 just meeting people last night, and you know, I met someone that drove kind of a distance just to thank me for what we do. And I was telling Remy, that's what makes what I do worth very worthwhile for me. Um, I respect people with whatever they want to do with their dreams, but but. Part of my heart is just to, I hope they could just look at my life and say, hey, Josh loved me, you know. Um, he didn't agree with everything that I believed, but Josh loved me, <laughs> you know. And I hope, I hope that's what I could be remembered for. 
is just simply that, and that I was a good friend, and that I could be known one day to be a good father and a good husband, um, and somebody that made a difference in the world. Um, that we're, you know, obviously what I do is, I, since I grew up in religion, I want to help. It would be nice to be remembered as someone who's helped a lot of people to get out of fear-based religion and help them um, come into a place of, of experiencing and understanding love in a, in a better way, I guess. You know? um, I mean, the reason why when I would talk and I would do the whole quotation thing, gesture, um, honestly, is because I know we're going to talk past each other with people you know so my wife we were talking about it last night like you know what we thought about last night and uh, we were saying it, it's hard because they wanted yes or no answers and you can't do that sometimes because it's just like saying hey Josh are you Christian well what do you mean <laughs> by Christian <laughs> you know because but typically um, somebody who is like an atheist or just a non-believer whatever you want to call them um, their definition of a Christian is not usually very positive you know, they're very known as very judgmental, very bigoted, very narrow-minded, you know, they hate homosexuals, you know, uh, etc. Not everyone thinks like that, I'm just saying, it can happen. And so if I just give a yes or no answer, um, it's not going to do any good for anybody. For number one, it's going to misrepresent what I believe, because then they'll assume that I'm agreeing with everything that they're asking. Um, so that's why I do that, because uh, it's all about semantics. How do we define God? Um, and my version, my understanding of God might be very different from yours. And so that's why I do that, because in a sense, um, this, it's a language thing. It's a language issue. And I, I just want to be able to be as clear as possible. And at the same time, um, when people ask me for definitions and stuff, like I just don't think yes or no answers are very fair sometimes. You know, it just doesn't do any good. So, so Josh, do you believe this? Yes. Okay, well, now what? Now what do you think of me now? <laughs> if I say no, now what do you think of me now? What does that do good for you? What does that do good for me? Nothing really. Um, I've had another person ask me in San Diego. Uh, one time they're like just straight up asking me my view of hell. And I said, I'm not going to answer that. Because my paradigm is very different from yours. So if I just say a yes or no, it's not going to make any sense to you. So usually when, when people ask me some of the big questions about hell or whatever, or what do you think about the devil, um, I can't just give you an answer because I'd have to deconstruct and, and start with the Bible first and try to deconstruct and you know get into all that stuff. So once I could kind of mess with that fundamental doctrine that you have, these other doctrines are going to be a lot easier for you to swallow. But if I just give you a yes or no answer about these other big doctrines, you're going to be like, what? You know, so I got to mess with some of your fundamentals first and then it's going to be a lot easier to mess with the other ones. So, so that's why I do the bunny ears and I do the little quote thingy. So. And I drop the microphone. Knowing love. I mean, if you want to get rid of fear, just know love. Because fear doesn't give you security. You're always going to be worried about what's going to happen if you do something or when you die. Uh, love changes everything. You know, um, For me, I don't live in fear. So even if, if I do make a mistake or if I'm going through something, love sustains me. And gives, it helps me to see the world in a certain way. Right? I mean, it helps you in so many ways. I mean, uh, uh, that's why so many people believe all the lies that, that the media tells you. When you see something going on on the news, fear kicks in and your perception of the world starts to kick in and you start getting all paranoid when you go out on the streets because everyone's a criminal all of a sudden, you know, you got to watch everything. 
So, but when you can look at the good, I don't deny that crap happens. But the mentality that works better for me to live every day in my life is, is knowing I, that I could see the good in this world. I mean, even Albert Einstein says that, that really the, the, the most powerful thing that you could ask as a question is, is this a friendly universe? You know, or God, God, <laughs> you know. And if you can look at this world as a friendly universe, you won't always be so afraid. But if you wake up every morning in fear, it will literally affect your life in like almost every decision, even physiologically in your body. That's why people get sick and they experience some pains because of fear that's triggering things in their blood and everything. You get what I'm saying? And so um, when I was starting to understand love, that even affected the way my body would react to certain things, you know, to stay healthy and stuff. But, um, so that's how I understand it. It's just I think love... Um, saying the positive things um, really affect your world, you know, and um, thank God I don't, I don't live in that fear anymore. Um, so with my first book, um, it was really interesting because I first started writing back in uh, 2011, I think, when I was in the Philippines. And I felt like I, I knew everything at that time, which is weird. <laughs> and and uh, so I was almost done with my book. And then I had a radical shift in thinking. Like, it totally messed me up for a while. And I was like almost, I was pr pretty much done with my book. And I was so afraid to, to write again because if I write and it gets published, I gotta keep updating it like all the time. And I'm like, no, you can't keep doing that, Josh. So write wherever you're at now. And the reason I was also writing is because, um, not just in the Philippines, but also in America. Um, obviously, my, the stuff that I share is not going to be accepted by a lot of religious folks, which is fine. I get that. And so there are times where some churches wouldn't invite me anymore, where they would like my healing stuff, and then they watch my other videos about some theological doctrines. They're like, nah, we're not going to invite that guy anymore. You know, so I started to realize, okay, how the heck do I get this message out? So other than YouTube, which is something that I've really focused on uh, for the past several years, People don't always watch YouTubes and they love to read. So I realized why not just write a book and, and it's interesting because when I was doing YouTube I didn't touch the issues that are in my book because I was going through a process when I was writing of really letting all these things process in my own mind and saying do I really believe these things. Basically I wrote the book because I wanted to get the message out and I, I knew that it could help people along their journey. So I wanted to deal with the big the big doctrines of Christianity, for example, there's God, uh, the Bible, that the Bible is inerrant or not, if there's mistakes, um, the doctrine of, of, you know, the whole idea of Satan, um, the doctrine of hell, um, the whole idea of um, interfaith, how do you relate to other people, and the reason why I wrote this book with those topics is because those main things do shape your worldview as a Christian, you know, I mean, if if your view of God is a certain way, you'll be acting a certain way, you'll be praying a certain way. If your view of the Bible is a certain way, you're going to be relating to this book in, in a certain way on an everyday basis. If you believe it's the ultimate word of God, then you're going to let it legislate your morality every, every time, you know, or this is the way I need to live, whatever is in the book. Uh, people who think about the devil, obviously, if you have a certain view, whenever you see evil, you're going to attribute it to some sort of uh, demonic entity, you know. Or um, interfaith, when it comes to different religions, um, a lot of people, their, their view of different religions are about, you know, they're good people, but they're still going to go to hell because they don't think like I do. I do. So I wrote this book wanting to give people 
um, just something to think about. And I wasn't dogmatic in the book, which I, I played it safe because I knew even writing this book, I can evolve at the same time. And so, but I wanted people to see that there's, a, there's another way to see God. There's another way to view the Bible and all those other chapters that I mentioned in the book. And, um, and I, I feel like there's another view of spirituality that could be a lot more rich and, and satisfying, I guess, if you want to say that. You, you, don't, you don't have to resort to atheism just because you're tired of fundamentalism. There are other alternative ways to understand the world through quote-unquote spirituality. You know, and so that's that's the reason I w wrote my first book. My second book is very different from my first one, and uh, <laughs> if you haven't read my first one, you might have a hard time swallowing my second one. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, it's not a it's not a Christian book at all. Um, it's not a theology book, if you want to call it, typically, and it's more of a self help book about just talking about a lot of things that everybody wrestles with, and it has to do with stuff about like loving yourself. It has to do about like following your dreams. It has to do about healing, talk about money in there, um, just things that every single person deals with, and you don't have to be a religious person. And I, and I offer in um, a certain perspective that I think can empower people to follow their dreams, to uh, believe in miracles. So I do a little bit of the whole quantum physics stuff in there uh, to, to see on how, um, yeah, you can do an amazing, amazing things if you can believe for these things. But it's really based upon your perception, you know. So, so that's my second book. That's going to be coming out, um, and I just finished the first draft, so I'm not sure when it's going to be out, but hopefully by the end of this year. Uh, so basically what I want to tell people is just to continue to be honest with yourself, and that you're okay, and to just keep growing, and, um, and keep exploring areas that you've never explored before, and it's, life's going to get more exciting when, when you do, um, and you're going to see how beautiful this world actually is, and how other people are are beautiful people too, even if they think differently than you. If you could just see the good in that and just continue to just be honest with yourself. So that's just something that I would want to inspire people to do, just be true to yourself. And, um, and life is beautiful, life's good. So thanks again for having me. Yeah. <laughs>